like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking at the story of a dueling scientist and the enduring twin mysteries surrounding the circumstances of his untimely death and the composition of his metal nose. The day was December 29, 1566. Eccentric astronomer Tycho Brahe lost a large chunk of his nose in a sword fight with his third cousin. The exact nature of their dispute is unknown, but most contemporary accounts suggest it was somehow related to academic prowess. Or, in other words, they had a sword fight over who was the better mathematician. Tycho Brahe, or Tycho Brahe, as it's pronounced in Danish, was born in Denmark on December 14, 1546. His parents were members of the aristocracy, and he was raised by his wealthy uncle while attending universities in Copenhagen and Leipzig. Although he initially studied to become a lawyer, Brahe became fascinated with astronomy in 1560 after witnessing a solar eclipse. By that point, he had already demonstrated an aptitude for mathematics and began to stay up late into the night to record astronomical observations. Not long after, Brahe officially changed his course of study and embarked on a tour of European universities at age 16. His travels took him to Rostock, Germany in the fall of 1566, where he continued his studies alongside his fellow student and cousin, Matterup Parsberg. One day in early December, Brahe and his cousin got into a heated argument, most likely over a disagreement about a mathematical formula. The other partygoers were able to talk the young men down, 
but two weeks later, they were at it again, and this time, things took a violent turn. On December 29th, after another evening of heavy drinking, Brahe and Parsberg resumed their argument. Both men were carrying swords at their hips, as was the custom of the era, so when their quarrel reached its peak intensity, they inevitably turned to their ubiquitous blades. German theologian Jacob Stolterfot wrote a detailed account of the incident, explaining that, quote, Brahe unexpectedly got into an argument with one of the table companions, and soon they were so wrought up, speaking in the Danish language, that they demanded swordplay of each other, stood up forthwith, and went out. When the others came out into the churchyard, they were in full brawl. The duel ended with 20-year-old Tycho Brahe losing a significant portion of his nose, though the full extent of his injury is unclear. Several historians claim he lost the majority of his nose, but contemporary depictions of Brahe show him wearing a prosthesis covering only the bridge of the nose. In either case, it wasn't a very appealing disfigurement. While a small dueling scar on the cheek or forehead was considered a mark of bravery among the nobility, having half your nose sliced off was a different story. Brahe tried to disguise the injury as best he could by wearing a fake nose for the rest of his life. Some sources claim the prosthesis was made of pure gold, both to resist corrosion and to reinforce his standing as a nobleman. Tycho's early biographer, however, described the nose as an alloy of gold and silver, which had been mixed in such a way as to appear flesh-like in color. That said, in paintings from the era, the false nose blends in almost perfectly with the surrounding skin, a detail that suggests the nose was painted, leaving the base material uncertain. Whatever the true composition of Brahe's new nose, it's universally accepted that he kept a small jar of putty with him at all times to keep the prosthetic from falling off. The astronomer seemed to embrace the eccentricity that came from having a metal nose, and his personal life became increasingly bizarre from then on. After completing his studies, he moved to an island with a castle and an observatory, all of which was financed by the king of Denmark. Brahe also hired a dwarf jester named Jep, whom he believed to be psychic, and had him sit under the dining room table during all of his meals. Another peculiar denizen of Castle Brahe was the astronomer's beer-swilling pet elk. One night, the elk had a little too much to drink and fell down the stairs to its death, a tragedy that Jep really should have seen coming. Despite his flamboyant lifestyle, Brahe made considerable contributions to the field of astronomy. Armed with the most precise instruments of his day, he was able to track the movements of planets and stars with remarkable accuracy. His observations led to the discovery of the supernova in 1572, as well as to an illuminating series of essays on the movement of comets. Brahe's career continued on an upswing until the death of his royal patron in 1588. The Danish king's son and successor, Christian IV, chose not to continue funding Brahe's research, and as a result, the astronomer moved to Prague in search of a new patron. He found one in Rudolf II, the Holy Roman Emperor and a devotee of the arts and sciences. Brahe spent the next several years in Prague preparing his decades of celestial observations for publication, 
his overarching goal was to prove a new astronomical model of the solar system, one in which all the planets except Earth revolve around the Sun. His theory was one planet shy of the correct heliocentric model, but compared to the accepted geocentric model of his day, it was certainly a step in the right direction. Brahe sought help with his calculations from Johannes Kepler, a 28-year-old German astronomer with his own strange conception of the universe. During their time together, Brahe introduced Kepler to the emperor and even pushed for him to be made the imperial mathematician. However, before Kepler's appointment could be finalized, Brahe suddenly fell ill after attending a royal banquet in Prague and died a short time later at the age of 54. The cause of the astronomer's death has been debated for centuries. We know Brahe drank excessively at the banquet that night, but due to societal custom, it's likely he refused to excuse himself to use the bathroom before his host did. For that reason, most theories concerning his death focused on his urinary tract, a kidney infection, a ruptured bladder, or an enlarged prostate gland. However, another option would present itself some 300 years later, when Brahe's corpse was exhumed in Prague by a team of scientists. There was no sign of his famous nose. He was either buried without it or with a wax one that had long since decomposed. But far more interesting than the missing nose were the tests undertaken on Brahe's bones and beard hairs. They revealed toxic levels of mercury, sparking rumors that the astronomer had been poisoned, possibly by his own jealous protege, Johannes Kepler. The rumors of foul play ran rampant throughout the 20th century, but Kepler's name was finally cleared in 2010 when Brahe's body was exhumed for a second time. A new batch of tests showed that the mercury concentrations in his body weren't actually high enough to have killed him. In fact, the trace amounts found in his body had likely been absorbed through the course of his scientific experiments, and not from multiple rounds of poisoning, as had previously been assumed. The findings meant that Brahe's true cause of death was once again inconclusive, but the researchers were able to suss out a few more details about the astronomer's nose. They found greenish stains around Brahe's nasal cavity that contained trace amounts of copper and zinc. The presence of those metals indicates that his prosthetic nose wasn't made of silver or gold, but of brass. So hey, at least that's one mystery solved. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate or review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can get in touch directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks, as always, to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. 
Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.